You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 241 of Podcateers. This week we talk about a cool new way that a hotel in Tokyo will be allowing you to open the door to your room. We talk about a surprise change in Cars Land. Plus, we wrap up our talks about Tomorrowland this month with some armchair imagineering where we think up attraction ideas to plus up the land. As always, you can join the conversation by leaving a comment on the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 241, or by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. Before we start the episode, I'd like to take a moment to offer a huge thanks to the wonderful people that make these episodes of Podcateers possible via their support on Patreon. Yes, I'm talking about the FGP squad. If you like what you hear and you'd like to become one of our fairy godparents, you can get more information on how to do that by going to podcateers.com FGP. If you'd like to help us out in a slightly different way, the next time that you need to purchase something on Amazon, you can help us out tremendously by starting off at podcateers.com slash Amazon. Once there, click on the huge Amazon button. Like it's, it's big, like you can't miss it. Unless you're on a phone, it might resize, but it's still pretty big, you can't miss it. That button will take you over to Amazon using our special referral link and anything that you buy may earn us a small commission as a thank you for mentioning Amazon in this podcast. Some of you out there have already taken a few extra seconds to help us out by doing this before your purchases, and we just want to say thank you. All right, let's do this episode listening thing, shall we? Here is episode 241 of Podcateers. I mean, I can see my waveform recording, and after all the problems that I've had trying to get this computer back up and running, I'm hoping that it holds up, that everything is good to go, and uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a happy camper right now. Me too. <laughs> as, as happy hazing is good. <laughs> yeah, as much as it's been a pain to get it up and running. I'm just glad we're kind of back. Agreed. I think last week I had to apologize to a listener because since the computer was down, we weren't able to do a birthday shout out. Uh, this mm-hmm. week I have to do the oh, same no. thing because <laughs> since it wasn't up and running, I wasn't able to get a birthday shout out out to longtime friend of the show, Ashley. You know, she uh, has been a listener since pretty much day one. And yeah. I wasn't able to post her birthday shout out. So, Ashley, this is a special birthday shout out for you as well. Once I get everything fully rendered out, I am going to post these birthdays on the Instagram account. So you're still going to get it on IG, but I just I just wanted to throw it out there and say it publicly. I didn't forget, <laughs> which was totally different than a couple other times that I have forgotten. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I did want to apologize, especially to Ashley, because like I said, she's been with us since day one. So I really appreciate all of her support. So happy unbirthday, Ashley. <laughs> yes. At this point, happy unbirthday. <laughs> nice. Uh, but it's been a tough week. You guys know I got sick last weekend, didn't get a chance to do much. This weekend, I hurt my back, so I've been pretty much sitting or laying down for the last several days. And if there's anything that I've learned from this is just don't do uh, hard work like cleaning out your garage 
because it's just going to end up <laughs> with you getting hurt. Sage advice Sorry. from Hayes. Leave it for the professionals. <laughs> yeah. I like Aww. it. Yeah. So it's it's bad. But uh, today I'm a little bit better. I am also on the medication stuff that will help the pain. So I'm good, man. I got that. I got some coffee. And by now I'm in cup six. So, woo! That's about right. Woo! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> wow. Do you want to ride Space Mountain? Woo! <laughs> Do you want to ride Star Tours? He never said that, but I thought it was appropriate because it's Disneyland. Woo! Five people are going to understand that reference, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's wrestling. What? It's, yeah, I was going to say, that was some good flair going on. Woo! <laughs> I, I... <laughs> kind of felt like it was a little Ric Flair. It yeah. was Ric Flair, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. All right, I'm, I'm on the same page. <laughs> Maybe I'm just amped up because uh, it's been a long time since I've sat down to watch an event like that. Usually, we had a tradition to at least watch every WrestleMania together. Because mm-hmm. growing oh, yeah. up, we used to watch all these wrestling events. And we had a tradition going where my brother and I and a couple other people would normally get together to watch WrestleMania uh, but we haven't done it in the last couple of years because they've kind of changed their model. They've gone to the network thing. It's not really pay-per-view. And I, I've complained about wrestling a lot in the last couple of years because it's just garbage now. It changed. It has. It's just absolute yeah. garbage. And I feel like there's certain things that I just kind of miss from my childhood. And so my brother and I this weekend are going to be getting together to watch the Royal Rumble or something like that. I think that's what's going on. Yes, Royal yeah. Rumble. I believe so. Yeah. And so uh, we're just going to hang out, grab some pizza, grab some chicken wings, and just sit down for a few hours and just enjoy the wrestling. <laughs> so it's... I didn't know they still did the Royal Rumble. Yeah. it's. I guess it's one of their like big four events every year. It's like the Royal Rumble, okay. WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Summer and Survivor Slam. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the main exactly. four. All the other ones I could care less about. But WrestleMania was always the one that we would try never to miss. And after the sure. last few years, we just thought, okay, well, you know, let, let's let's hang out for, for an afternoon and just grab some grub and just enjoy the, the theatrics, make fun of everybody and make fun of everything that's going on and huzzah. Mm-hmm. So we should do, next time we do a tournament style game with our listeners like march mayhem coming soon stay tuned uh we should maybe try and do like a a a magic royal rumble or something where we just toss everybody in there and we watch them toss each other out yeah yeah like (laughs) we could have marvel heroes against like gaston and the genie and like it could be insane do it i think that might be fun yeah okay Okay. (laughs) i mean at the very least we can use like random number generators and have like if two people are locked up, like random rolls against each other, and see who gets the higher number, and then that's who wins. True. Like, we can, we could randomize it, but we could also just like do it like voting style, almost the same way. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I I think we could figure out a way to do it and make it fun. Yeah. I think that's cool because like like March Mayhem's awesome, but let's get some let's get some more craziness, like a new level of craziness. Added. Some wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I want to just throw some princesses in the in the ring. I want to see this happen. It's, it's happened in wrestling. Oh, yeah, remember oh, when when China broke the mold and was just like yep. dominating. 
China, mm-hmm. Sunny, those were, Elizabeth, those were when she did her little days, thing. Man. Oh, yeah. Memories. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Well, there's there's a handful of stuff that we wanted to get to. As you guys know, we are wrapping up this month's talk on Tomorrowland with our armchair imagineering episode. We're gonna be talking about that later on in the episode. But there was a couple of other things that we wanted to bring up because we found them interesting and thought you might too. The first one is Pokemon Go because we know Gavin loves it. <laughs> it's not. It's my it's, fave. it's not really Pokemon Go. Actually, maybe it is kind of Pokemon Go. You'll find a way. There's only like two degrees of separation mm. for everything your brain thinks of mm. that goes right back to Pokemon it Go. It kind of does. So here's the thing. I designed a T-shirt for <laughs> Gavin's oh laughing. Oh my god! Because <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna tell you back. And here's here's why. So I designed a t-shirt for my boss for his birthday because if you play Pokemon Go, you guys know that level 40 is the the top that you can reach right now. There's a cap. Mm -hmm. You can't go any further. But reaching level 40 is still a coveted spot because you need to raise like 20 million experience points. You know, the minimum is like 50 XP at a time as you're playing the game. And it ranges depending on if you have special power-ups and stuff. The point is that he reached level 40, and to commemorate this for his birthday, I designed a t-shirt that said level 40, it had his trainer name, and it had our team name, we're Team Valor, we're the red team, and so it had like the logo, and I thought, okay, well this is a really cool gift. Somebody else in our group at work also reached level 40 this last week, and she said, I want a shirt too. And I thought, okay, well, I already have the design made. I might as well just change the trainer name, change the year, because it says established, and then the year that they reached level 40. His says 2018, her says 2019, obviously. Nice. When I ordered the shirt for her, I thought, wow, I wonder if other people might actually want to own a shirt like this if they've reached level 40. So uh, yes. <laughs> I, I started asking the other people in our group, And they haven't reached 40, but they know people who have, so they they pitched it to them. And so other people are like, oh, my God, I would love one. Can you do one with Instinct or can you do one with Mystic? So I went back and I designed one for every single team, level 40. I'm debating where to sell these because, I mean, it's not Disney. It's not Podketeers, right? But it might be easier for people to just find it in the gear section for Podketeers because I thought about starting my own Etsy shop and I thought, well, that's weird. I'm just going to have like three shirts in the Etsy shop. And that's, I mean, that's not a shop. That's like a small (laughs) cart at the mall, right? So I thought, okay, (laughs) maybe I can just add it to the gear section and throw a disclaimer out there This, yes, we know this isn't Disney, Gavin. But we have a lot of (laughs) listeners that play Pokemon Go and I think would appreciate something like this. So until I find another place for this design to live, I think I might put it up on the Podcateers gear section. So if you guys are interested, within the next week or two, I'll post up some images in our Instagram story in case you guys are interested. The name of the trainer and the year will be customizable in the design. So when you order it, you can leave a comment saying, this is what I wanted to say. This is the year they became level 40. And you can place your order and you get your t-shirt with your level 40 design on it. Yeah. So again, I, I might find another place for these to live because I know it's not completely Disney, but 
for now we already have a store set up so i'm just going to put it in the gear section in case any of you guys are interested in the blog post uh, i'll make sure that if it's up by then i'll put it in the blog post pocketeers.com slash 241 if you guys want to check that out i mean at this point we're basically a half disney half pokemon show so <laughs> it, it makes sense no, it's not, fine not at all and I'm sure this has occurred to you, but you do realize that all you have to do is remove the D and we're the Poketeers. Huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did I just open up a whole new world huh. of possibilities for Spin you? Spin-off <laughs> podcast, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that, but now that you've said it, maybe we do need a spin-off podcast. <laughs> Uh, well again like i said it it's gonna be temporary maybe i don't know if it turns out that people actually like this because look i know there's a lot of people that go to disneyland just to play pokemon go sometimes not all the time but there's a lot of stops there's a lot of great pokemon every community day downtown disney is flooded with players like I said, maybe one day it'll just turn off into its own store, maybe my own Etsy shop. But for now, they're going to live in the gear section, podcateers.com slash gear, if you guys are interested in checking that out. Also, game-related. I just needed to bring this up because super psyched that the day before this episode launches, Kingdom Hearts 3 will have mm-hmm. been released. And if you, I'll believe it when I see if it. If you have it, look, this is 13 years in the making. Mm-hmm. That's a baker's dozen, y'all. That's how many years <laughs> it's taken them to develop this game. And I think that the developers of the game are really passionate about it because of all the changes that have happened in the Disney company uh, over those last 13 years. They've really wanted to make sure that they stay true to the fan base of not only the game. But the Disney fan base as well. And I was reading a couple of articles about how the developer said, look, if we can't get Toy Story and we can't get these properties, we're not going to make the game. And so they had to negotiate with Disney to make sure that they could get classic characters like Woody and Buzz Lightyear to appear because they didn't feel that the game would be complete without these properties. And mm-hmm. if you've seen the trailers, they look gorgeous. I wish I had a PS4 or an Xbox One to play this. I don't. I'm going to have to live off of the same way that I travel to other Disney parks, and that is to watch them on YouTube uh, until (laughs) one day I can find somebody with a system that will allow me to play. Uh, Maybe we can bring on one of our friends to talk a little bit about the gameplay you know, once yeah. it's been out for a while, you know, a uh, longtime friend of the show, our buddy Jesse, huge Kingdom Hearts fan. He goes to the conventions. He's part of these big, massive Kingdom Hearts groups. He's a great person to talk to about that. Uh, our friend Paul, uh, I met him through VJ. He was VJ's friend. And in talking to him, we, we found out that he's also a big Kingdom Hearts fan. He's cool. talked to us about playing Kingdom Hearts because he was at one of the conventions where they demoed the game. He sent us Mm -hmm. an audio file talking about the gameplay. So he's another great person that maybe we can have on the podcast to just talk a little bit about the game itself. The game has a huge legacy behind it. You know, there's a huge storyline. There's been a lot of spinoff games. 
And if you don't know it, you don't really need to play the other games in order to enjoy this new one. But I found a really great video that talks about the entire timeline on YouTube. I forgot what channel created it, but I will put that video in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 241 if you guys want to check that out. But all of that is not the reason I'm bringing this up. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because... I've never wanted to go to Tokyo more than I want to go this week. Well, I guess technically in a couple of months. But uh, the Ambassador Hotel in Tokyo at the Tokyo Disneyland Resort is going to have special Kingdom Hearts themed hotel rooms starting March of 2019. And as of now, you can already book these rooms. Now, if that isn't good enough just the fact that you're going to have all this artwork and it's going to be themed with all these classic characters you know how when you go to a disney resort they had them cool magic bands where you're like boop and then you like get Mm -hmm. into your room Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to open these doors with a keyblade that is way cool (laughs) with a keyblade it's pretty awesome Uh is it going to be like huge like strapped to your back Uh, okay so I'm here, open my imagine? door. So if it was, that would be rad. But it's not. <laughs> because then you got to go through security at Disney and be like, I'm sorry, sure, that's a weapon. And be like, yes, it is a weapon because Sora says it's a weapon. That's how Sora gets through the game. But I will not use it as a weapon in the park. Thank you very much. It's part of cosplay. And they'll be like, you're going to take that back to your car, sir. Take it back to the hotel room. And be like, oh, yeah. They'll be like, yeah. Be like, okay, I'll be right back. And then you take it back. <laughs> The good thing about this is that it's... Quite the journey. <laughs> it had an end to it. I mean, it's a long journey, but it had an end to it. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I want to say it's about six or seven inches long. Uh, it's just a, a larger... Oh, yeah, it, it, it fits in your pocket, but it's super cool. Looks like Sora's Keyblade. And I've thought about getting in contact with the, with the Ambassador Hotel just to see if I could buy the Keyblade without actually having to rent the room. Uh, have not had any luck on that front, but if I find... I bet they've had tons of inquiries. I'm sure they have. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they have. Uh, this actually reminds me of something that I had done. Okay, man, should I talk about this? Because uh, let's just say that I know somebody who at one point added NFC to their sonic screwdriver so that when they went to work... They could buzz the sonic screwdriver at the door, and the door would pop open as if they were using their key card to get in. Got it. I'm not going to confirm who that person was, but I'm just going to say that I know somebody that did that. People are creative. Yeah. <laughs> there we'll you leave go. It at that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> NFC rules. Uh, so this is the same technology. I have zero follow-up questions. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let's keep it like that. So this pretty much the same, works the same as a magic band does. It's got your information on there. You can swipe it at the door. I just like the fact that it's a keyblade. We uh, we recently cool. went to the store, uh, local electronics store. They had, uh, I think it was pewter. Uh, that like It's a little keyblade, a keychain. We went and in their app, it said that it was released that same day. They had people putting them up, 
you know, so that you can purchase them. There was a tag and everything. Mm-hmm. And we went to the we went to the register and they said, oh, well, uh, they're not coming up in our system. You can't purchase these. And we said, well, your app says they're available today and they're out on display with a tag. Do you need us to take a picture of that tag? Do you need to scan that? And so they called the manager over. It wouldn't scan in their system. And they said, oh, um, maybe they were recalled. And I thought, what? Maybe you just need to refresh your system to include the SKU. How about that? And so they, they couldn't do it. They wouldn't sell it to us because apparently they were afraid that it had been recalled or something. And so to get around it, I thought, well, it shows up on the website. And I placed the order on the phone for store pickup. And within minutes, we walked over to their customer service and just picked them up from there. <laughs> That's genius. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. Yeah, wow. it was it was just a weird experience. Yeah. And I just thought it just it doesn't make sense that they are on display. And you're not letting me buy them. So, yeah, Disney Ambassador Hotel. I'm officially jealous of your keys because other people have key cards. You have key blades. And mm-hmm. that is just super duper cool to me I, we just got to do that here you just gotta yeah. i know I, I i wish the hotels at the disneyland resort had more like real theming you know i feel like there's not a lot of that here you know in yeah. florida they have so many different themes going on with all their different hotels you know yeah and you know even if they just did a you know one level of the Disneyland Hotel, let's just say, was themed on, I don't, well, let's just say, let's say they did a Kingdom Hearts theme. Like, it would just be so cool to have, you know, special rooms that you could stay in that aren't just, you know, I mean, the, the rooms, are, I'm not saying the rooms aren't nice and they're not pretty and well appointed and whatever. There's just seems to be a lack of theming at the hotels and, and even in downtown Disney here. So I don't know. I think uh, maybe we should do eventually an armchair Imagineering about yes. Disneyland hotels. That could be fun. Mm. Room ideas. I like that. Right? I do too. I like it. Because considering the rooms that we have in the hotels, they're well over in the thousands for like the Adventureland suite or the Fantasyland mm-hmm. suite. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. Those are the only ones that I can think of that, that are have, like, yeah. real theming. Yeah. Other than that, um, I mean, they're cute, but, yeah, mm-hmm. it would be really nice to have some themed, you know, what if one floor was all, vi- man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to stop. <laughs> we'll save it for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Jot down those ideas. We'll get them out soon. Right. My brain's cranking right now. Right? We, yeah. We're in that mode. It's armchair Imagineering <laughs> Day, so we're all in that mode. So good. Okay. All right. Well, we will definitely leave that for a future episode. So it looks like we got a new comment from episode 238. And this is from Kristen D. And this is when we were talking about the cast member stories that we shared about those who made magic for us. So I'm going to go ahead and read her comment. It says, I loved hearing about the different Disney cast members that everyone loves in the episode. My family went to Disney World this past Labor Day weekend, 2018. It was the first Disney trip for my three-year-old son, who was two at the time, and the second trip for my 14-year-old stepdaughter. There were different cast members who really impressed me during our trip, 
and unfortunately, I never got their names. Two were PhotoPass photographers who took their time with my grumpy toddler in order to get <laughs> at least one picture of him, not in tears or just looking. He had a major meltdown when we met Jake the Pirate, even though he was excited to meet Jake while we stood in line. Toddlers, go figure. But they were giving him stickers, blowing bubbles all around, dancing, telling him secrets, and really anything to make him happy. The other PhotoPass photographers was so incredibly sweet and patient and refused to let us go until she got him smiling for a photo in front of Cinderella's castle. Wow. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And there's more. It's really cool. Another cast member was an older gentleman working at Memento Mori. A quick storm had came up and we ran inside there to avoid the rain. And to get those awesome pictures made when they turn you into a ghost. By the way, she says they're so cool, which I'm jealous that she got to do this. Yeah. I need one of those in my life. Right? Yeah. These the, the lenticular ones? <laughs> the lenticular ones, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I know. That's like the number one <clears throat> thing I want to get at Disney World. Number one. So it continues with, my son was being grumpy and not listening. You know, typical toddler again. And this time, cast members stopped and told my son's stories, gave him stickers and a small box to keep them in. He really made my son feel like he was special and gave my husband and I a much needed few minutes to get our patients back. The last cast member went out of her way to help me track down these Disney Park cars that were the size of Hot Wheels and represented the different Disney characters. My son is obsessed with cars and we found a Peter Pan one that he really loved. So I wanted to try and get him the ones of the Fab Five. She spent a good 15 minutes of her time without second thought or brush off. Finding out which other stories in the park sold them. Only certain stores had them, and I have never been anywhere else where you would get those kind of, you know, that kind of customer service like that. They treat you like family. They are never rude to you, and they always go above and beyond to make sure your family is having a magical getaway. No other business teaches or trains their employees to do that. They make you feel like your family is special, and they do that to everyone they encounter. For a family that has been saving for years to take a trip out there and may not get the chance to do it again makes that all much more magical in my opinion. It's one of the many reasons I love going there. That is awesome. Wow. Right? That's cool because it seems like at every turn a cast member was saving them from a toddler meltdown. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And it, that's bravo to the cast members because that's a lot and if he could take that moment and just give some magic for the parents, kudos. That was yeah. awesome. And, you know, in every trip like this, I, I guess speaking as a parent, whenever you're on a trip like this, you have to tread lightly sometimes. Because if your children haven't slept or if they're hungry, you know, you get super hangry sometimes. You get grumpy you start crying you throw tantrums and that's just me right so i figure (laughs) if if the kids are going through this too if you have cast members providing these experiences or helping you along the way it makes the trip enjoyable for the parents as well which 
you know, a lot of families tend to think that these Disney trips are just for the kids or, you know, for the kids to make memories, but they're not. I mean, it's a family experience. Adults like Disney as well. If you're trying to have fun and, you know, your kids are crying or, you know, they're being bratty, I would say try to figure out why that's happening, you know, because it might just be that they're tired or they might just need a snack or something. And if that's the case, you know, standing in lines isn't for everybody, especially not kids. Like kids are, are horrible at it. I hate standing in lines as well. Fast pass, max pass, those are the best ways to try to make your stay as enjoyable as possible. Mm-hmm. These cast members, like you said, Melissa, bravo to them. Fantastic job. Uh, I, I wish we had more like them. You know, sometimes there's some that excel and sometimes there's some there that are just there because they want the paycheck. They don't really show that Disney magic. But to all of you that that really know, I don't want to start throwing Disney terminology out there. But for all of you that exude the magic, thank you. Heck yeah. So that's really awesome to hear. And I'm glad that Kristen is uh, interacting with us. And I got to say... I'm here to say thanks to Kristen because she also kind of came to my defense uh, this last week. And we all know that Hazen likes to get his little cars jabs in whenever he can. And Uh Kristen stepped in and has my back. You know, there are other Cars fans out there. There are other Cars 2 fans out there. And Cars Nation is strong. So thanks, Kristen. Look, man, all three of you can watch Cars 2 together. I'm I'm not saying I hate on Cars. I just want to make that clear. First Cars, loved it. Cars 3, loved it. Dare I say, more than the first Cars. Ooh, yeah, you and you and Skylar both. Yeah, I, I like the third one more. I just, I don't know. I can live without part two. I feel like it should have been a shorter Mater's Tale, but yeah. Yeah, I understand the limitations of Cars 2, but I see it as just a, it's a non-necessary like travel log of them like racing around the world and it's interesting and, you know, they put a silly spy narrative around it, but whatever. It's pretty it's total eye candy so, i'm gonna keep jabbing at it i just want to make I that know, clear i know but just know that when you poke me you poke all of us and there are many at least two okay words. at least three right <laughs> well look uh, i i do want to make it clear i don't hate on cars except maybe cars too but you know love cars land as well i think it's great yeah it is did you hear that in cars land they're getting rid of dj's show no, what? really? Yeah, I think That's they sunsetted. Surprising. They sunsetted the show about a week or two ago. Um, what? Yeah, I don't remember the exact I, date, but uh, I as wonder if something's as... going to replace it. I don't know, because that was fantastic. It's yeah, I thought be, it was so good. The kids always totally get into it. I thought it was so cool, and DJ is such a neat character. Yeah. Huh. I I really hope they. At least replace it with something. What was it called? DJ's Dance and Drive? Something like so, that. Yeah, yeah, the Dance and Drive show. Yeah, I think uh, this mm-hmm. was right before all the new stuff was happening and before we were able to get back into the park when mm-hmm. our passes were blocked out. The show ran for about six years, always a beat. Like my kids, anytime DJ would come out, like they would just start dancing and yeah. uh, the the girls that would be a part of the show, I think, really made that show special because they got mm-hmm. so many people to interact. 
Ah, I don't know. I don't mm. know what why they did it. I don't know exactly. Now, it's not just that they're like refurbishing DJ or something, right? It's like it's done. Like where did you see it? Uh, as far as I know, the show has been sunsetted. Man. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even get to say goodbye. I mean, I I have pictures if you if you want me to send you a couple. I'm sure I do too. <laughs> I wonder if we'll be able to even see DJ anymore then. Oh, that's I mean, a that's great just, question. It stinks. I mean, I always thought it was weird though that they didn't end up bringing out more of the Cars characters. Right? You know, you know, whether they rotated them or what, you know, like you always have to have Lightning and Mater. And they had Cruz for a while after Cars 3, but even she's not around anymore. So I just, I thought, you know, it'd be neat to see Sheriff or, you know, Hello? especially like, like Fillmore, if he was somewhere down by his freaking tent. Oh, man, Sarge. that would have been so great. Like, I mean, they've got shops that are open there. Like, you'd think you'd see them in town once yeah. in a while, you know? Flo, you know exactly. Awesome? Ramon. Like, all these cars would be so cool. Jackson. Ramon. Oh. And his um <laughs> and his hydraulics. Oh my I gosh. Would love that. that would be super just, cool that to would see. Be a cool show. If they just played low rider yes. and just had him cruise low and slow through town. <laughs> that's it? Yeah. Do a little hydraulic lift at the intersection and then just keep on rolling. That's all they would have to do. Exactly. That would be perfect. That yes. could be the entire new show right there to replace DJ. Oh, I wouldn't I, be mad at that. I would that. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially totally in Southern it. California, I think that would be, you know, appropriate to a lot of the culture that we see yeah. in the sure. LA area, especially. Sure. That would be super cool. Uh, you know, it was funny that, I don't know if you guys remember, but we put a blog post on, on the YouTube channel. Uh, right before the release of Cars 3, they had this event called Road to the Races. It was a traveling show where they had Lightning, Cruz, and Jackson uh, out at different areas. And you could see the cars. Oh. You could take mm -hmm. pictures. You could watch a preview of Cars 3. They had and them at the had expo. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. we had a chance to go see them when they came to the Getty Center, the Getty Museum here in the L.A. area. Nice. But I, it was always baffling to me that they never brought Jackson to Carsland. I would have well, wanted he wasn't to see a Jackson. Full, he wasn't a workable car like the ones that they drive in and you meet and greet with, right? Wasn't he just a static so. model? I yeah. think it was. I think they were all static models. They were all but... super high detail and realistic, but they weren't. Like working models. Right. But yeah. considering it's really just an outer shell, it would have been easy to implement it and bring it to Carsland. It was just, yeah. you know. And I mean, also they why they Cruise. never had on display. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. That's the one that people really wanted to meet, I think. I really wanted to meet Jackson. but Well, it's because you're a villain, man. I mean, don't hide it. Well, I mean, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. So, yeah, uh, super sad to hear that we're no longer going to have DJ. I guess whenever we have Paint the Night, if and when it comes back, we'll at least get DJ as part of Paint the Night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Is but, that supposed to come back at some point? Uh, as far as I know, it hasn't been mm. completely nixed. Hmm. So at some point, I'm, I'm hoping that we get to see it again. I'm yeah. sure it will. Yeah. It's just weird that he had his own show in Cars Land, and he was one of the... How many Cars characters are in Paint the Night? Is it just the two? Is it just Mac and DJ? No. Or no, well, Lightning's in there. Lightning. Yeah. So there's three. 
Yeah. And he's such a tiny little part of that first movie. He's one of a gang of four other cars, or no, four total cars. Mm-hmm. And he's got like one moment in the film itself and then one moment in the end credits. That's yeah. it. And he's you, a character in the parks. You <laughs> know who crazy. I, you know who I would have loved to see as part of Paint the Night? Who? Uh, Guido. Yes. yes. Like just a little like robotic Guido just running around and they're like, zzz, zzz, beat stop. <laughs> totally. Just like running up to people. Yeah, like, I would have loved to agree. see Guido. I wish we'd see them at Luigi's Rollickin' Roadsters. Like, I don't know. I feel like we could yeah. use some more cars. I'm just saying, yeah. we could use more cars. I think that if they added an animatronic Luigi and Guido just off to the side, kind of playing the DJ part, you know, like playing music or whatever, mm-hmm. I think it would add a lot more to it because it just adds an extra level of interaction. Just the yeah. same way that you see the the animatronic cars inside of Radiator Springs Racers, you know, yep. but bring yeah. them to there. And I think that would just step up the attraction just a tiny bit. So just want to throw that out there. Agreed. So. I would too. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Kristen, thank you so much. You know, for for hanging out with us every week, and thank you for your comments on the website, and for being part of the Cars Nation that's defending Gavin on this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I think it's time. I think it's time that we jump into the main event for this episode. Cool. It's time in the blue corner. <laughs> Armchair Imagineer. We're going to have to come up with an intro for this. Yeah. Armchair Imagineer. Oh, yeah, we should. We should, right? Yeah. Like that. So in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> Charge. Record it. Splice it. Done. <laughs> okay. So as you guys know, the last few episodes, we have been concentrating on Tomorrowland and some of the attractions, the history. And to cap off this month and our talk on Tomorrowland, we're going to have a a brief little session here just trying to plus Tomorrowland uh, with ideas that we think would just be enjoyable to us and hopefully to you listening. And hopefully someone in Imagineering that hears it and thinks, oh, wow, that's a great idea. We should totally do it. Not that they speak like that, but I'm just saying. Hopefully they say it's so good also that we should get some kickbacks for it. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. And and the kickback I would settle for is uh, a lifetime premiere pass. Ooh. I, take I would one take of those that. Too. Yeah. I would just oh, take yeah. that. That's it. <laughs> and look, Definitely. it's not like they're going to lose money because we eat at the park all the time. Yeah. So that we buy merchandise, they wouldn't be losing money. They would be making money doubly. Right. On the ride and on us every time we go. So you're welcome. And we be promoting. So there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. true. It's like, so remember that ride that the podcasters thought of and now it's inside of Tomorrowland? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So who wants to kick this off? I will kick us off. All right. Uh, all right. So the idea here is we're coming up with a new mega attraction for Tomorrowland. As we all know, Tomorrowland... I think it's pretty much consensus that it needs the most work right now. Mm-hmm. It needs some plussing. It needs a slight concept revision. It needs something. But we're not talking about overhauling the whole land right now. We're going to talk about just fun attraction ideas 
that we would love to see implemented that we think would work in Tomorrowland. As you all know, I'm a huge fan of Tron. Mm-hmm. So yes. whenever I think of Tomorrowland and whenever I feel the envy that I feel inside for other parks that have attractions that I want, my mind first goes to Tron. And I think that Tomorrowland has been sorely lacking a Tron presence for a long, long time. And it's high time the grid returned. So my concept is going to be based around Tron. And I'm going to be taking over the area that was the old World of Progress building, now Launch Bay, formerly the Hero Headquarters. Is that what it was called? Superhero HQ. Yeah, yeah, Innoventions. We know which area we're talking about here. So that's a huge building. And I'm actually, I'm probably raising that building and creating something completely new with this concept, right? I think that building has its limitations with its circular build and it's on like some giant turntable. We don't need that necessarily. So I'm still going to go with a two-story plan and it's basically going to be a Tron complex, okay? I'm going to call this Flynn's User Gateway. And the concept here is Flynn has, you know, mastered his technology and his implementation of entering the grid and returning from the grid. So he's invited everyone to come experience the grid the way he got to. So I'm thinking really immersive, really interactive. And so you enter Flynn's user gateway and there's two levels on the upper level. You remain a user. You get to see the grid basically from a bird's eye view, okay? And you can experience it in two different ways. You can actually visit the arena and play the Tron games, okay? You can play the light cycle duel. You can play a a disc match or a disc duel. And I'm imagining... How can I say this? Okay, you know how at some like resorts or amusement parks they'll have like a little model like track and you can race cars around it or they've got a little like lake with little boats that you can steer around in it. Have you guys seen those? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm imagining that but like on a very futuristic like sense so it's like you're looking down on a 3d map of the grid and you're racing light cycles against you know people standing next to you right Mm -hmm. so it's all 3d like you probably put on glasses and it looks like you're looking down at a model of the grid but it's like you're actually looking into the grid so it's got like major depth and like you feel like you're actually like playing tron light cycle right uh, and the same thing with the with the disc duels. So it's like you and uh, you know a person next to you are controlling two programs as you battle it out with discs, and just a really cool like just gaming experience, right? But that's like the simple side of it. And then the other thing you can do in that upper level is you can tour the grid. Um, basically, it's going to be like the same concept as like a planetarium where like you have a a balcony and you can walk around and look down into the grid and just see it like in all its detail and all its glory, just like an immersive imagineering electro 
data model of the grid. Like you're looking down at it and you're seeing programs go about their day and That's things cool. happen, you know, light travel and things like that. Kind of like you're looking down on London from Peter Pan, but it's like, you know, very techno and futuristic, right? right? Yeah. So this all kind of gets you in the mindset of, oh my gosh, I'm looking down on the actual grid. I can play the arena games. I can look at it. I can explore it from above. And then you can go through Flynn's Gateway and enter the grid by going downstairs. When you go downstairs, you get to actually become a part of those games and that land that you just saw from upstairs. Okay, so kind of in that journey through inner space sense, like now you get to like go inside the machine, right? So we're going to have like VR type games and simulators where you can actually sit atop a light cycle and race through a match in the arena and you can don your VR goggles and play a disc duel against somebody and just really take part and the other thing is you'll be able to get on a light jet from tron legacy and actually tour like have an aerial tour of the grid and you'll get to see the outlands Ooh. where flynn's hideout was and you can come through all the whole city you can see clues fortress and you know fly through recognizers and all of it you just get hey. to just tour it right Nice. So kind of like Star Tours, but like just more like welcome to the grid and yeah. just really touring you around, right? So totally immersive. I'm going to bring in uh, a thing that people like, which I don't really participate in, but I know that it'll be interesting. I think I'm going to have at least three meet and greets with actual programs. Yeah. So I thought the, the three that I would like to meet uh, would be Cora and Zeus and, of course, Tron. So we have those three characters. I think Korra being a cool, strong female character, you got to have that. Yeah. Tron, obviously, title character, you got to have that. And then Zeus, who was the host and um, maitre d' of the End of the Line Club in Tron Legacy, just a cool, flamboyant, fun character who will be great for meet and greets, I think. And it actually ties in to the second part, which I'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> So the last thing is there will be on that on the main level, there'll be a shopping complex where you can, you know, purchase all of your Tron merchandise. And the the key item that most people will be after is you can have a personalized identity disc created for yes, yourself. Right. Please. And <laughs> some sort of a little like backpacky strap on thing that allows you to just go whooshing and clip it onto your back like real quick and unclip it. Right. Just like they do in the film. So that's like the key like thing. That's like the, the lightsaber for Star Wars or whatever. You know, that's like the merchandise thing is the light, the identity disc. So this little idea just popped in my head. What if, gosh, this is why I love these episodes. <laughs> what if we had those data discs and we treated them as magic bands? Dude, that would be so awesome. And we were able to that. pay with them. We were able to do things <laughs> nice. with them. And... Oh my God! Imagine coming to the turnstile and be like, "Fruit, scan that. I'm good." <laughs> that oh would be cool. Oh my God! You you could pick your your like thing of choice that yeah. is your band. <laughs> that I would love be amazing. it. <laughs> I mean, they are they are going to personalize it, right? So they could yeah. embed all that other data in there. Yeah, yeah, they could. absolutely. I think that'd be sweet. 
so basically attached to this main complex and I've got so many other ideas um, involving this whole thing. You know, the entire environment that you're going to be walking into is going to be just that, that really science fiction-y, futuristic, techno computerized world that is the Tron universe, which I feel like is about as timelessly futuristic as you can get mm-hmm. because it, it ages really well, right? So it, it, it kind of doesn't impede on the general concept of tomorrow, you know? So I, I, I just feel like they could theme it in a way that you really feel like you're walking into those environments uh, that are so stylistically wonderful in those films. Uh, so I could go on and on and on, but attached to this, like it, as a separate entity, as a part of this complex, there needs to be a new dining experience, especially on the eastern side of Disneyland. There's no real good table service, like high-end thing over there. We need the end of the line club to be a reality. Yes. We know that with right. Star Wars coming in this year, they are going to be testing the waters of having an alcohol license for Disneyland proper. And I feel like it may be time to have a couple spots in the park where you can have an, a high-end place and you can have a nice drink as you sit down for dinner. And the end of the line club is going to be the newest, like, Carthay Circle level, like, awesome dining experience in Tomorrowland. There's going to be a lounge. There's going to be a restaurant. It's going to be super cool. You might have a couple of helmeted DJs playing some Daft Punk music. Yes. You know, things like that. <laughs> it, I mean, I, it just a totally different, cool vibe that does not exist anywhere in the park. And it would there. And I think it would have a whole lot of energy involved with it. And I would love to dine there and i think they could come up with some cool like futuristic you know menu options and lots of light up drinks and whatnot i don't know i i just i want to be able to walk into the world of tron and i think they could create a little complex like that that's like two buildings (laughs) in that area that will transport you out of tomorrowland and into the actual grid so that's That's my, that's my main concept. That's awesome. And we've already had a little taste of this, right, with Electronica. Yes. Yeah, it did. It gave us a little taste, you know, especially with the guys, you know, throwing Frisbees. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, like they're throwing their yeah. little identity discs around, and it was cool. They'd throw it to you, and you could throw it back, and that was fun. Yeah. And then the laser show and all the music, it was all well, awesome. Into Flynn's Arcade. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think they could do something that's truly immersive. You know, like I envy the light cycle coaster, but even that to me just, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a notch above the Incredicoaster. The cool thing about that is just, it's just a really good roller coaster, you know, and there's some theming to it, but I mean, and I've only ridden it via YouTube, you know, the Hazen method, but I, (laughs) but, but it doesn't seem like, you know, it's truly transporting you to the grid, you know, like you're there, like some of the queue does. You know, but the ride itself, especially when it leaves and it goes outside, you, you kind of lose that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like this would be just as immersive as it gets. And I, I think it could be amazing, personally. 
That is awesome. I yeah. love it. Well, yeah, it, it's funny. I'll get into my ideas after because a couple of them, I won't make them my main idea. I came up with several things because when I was coming up with my ideas, I felt that if I talked about Tron, one or both of you were going to come up with <laughs> Tron-related things. Yeah. And it makes sense, right? Tron yeah. is one of those properties that's very futuristic. It's very space. And I thought, okay, uh, it's it's the way to go. But I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit more in when I get to my stuff. Cool. Right. Mel, do you want to jump in? Yeah. So mine isn't Tron, but I loved it. I loved yours, Gavin. <laughs> I I want a data disc already. Recently going to the parks and going into Tomorrowland, I was like, you know, I was able to go into different attractions, just go to different lands and feel that I was in that land. And and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to get rid of Nemo. I'm going to get rid of Autopia. Heck yeah. Say what you want. And I want to step into the world of Meet the Robinsons. Nice. And oh. I want to feel that I'm in there. I love how you mentioned the restaurant because that's something that, yes, it's really lacking in Tomorrowland. I mean, just something, just theming. Um, yes, there's the Galactic Grill, but a sit down. I would love to mm-hmm. have like, you know, let's say you want to walk into this restaurant and you have like the robots greeting you. And I was thinking about also how we had Tom Morrow in Innoventions. Mm-hmm. And he was always greeting you. And that was kind of cool because that kind of gave you like, hey, this is a robot who's talking to me. This is futuristic. So let's bring it a little bit more. But let's talk about the world. And I loved seeing how they did t- how they did Space Mountain, how they did mm-hmm. this, how you saw the flying vehicles, how you saw everything. That's what I want. It's a cool cityscape they created. Right. For that film. Yeah. So it'd be neat to see that. Not really a ride attraction, but I would love to step into a different world. That's what I mm-hmm. would like. Because we do have attractions in there, but in order to es- escape reality and be like, whoa, this is really cool. And you just want like the, the sounds, the, the looks, pretty much based on that, on that world alone. And let's say it's like 2000, no, let's say 3055. They could be planning out different things. They could go to different, like, different years so what if they were planning disneyland's 200th i'm not even doing the math right now but let's say they're doing that so kind of bringing a little bit of cohesion into that part with disneyland so that's something i want to see because of course everyone's curious how the future is going to be so why not why not have lewis show us how to how it is and we have the t-rex back there because you know you got to have him (laughs) I mean, you can't not have the T-Rex, right? <laughs> right? And a singing frog. Exactly. See, that he could be your greeter. See, this is awesome because I feel like conceptually it makes for such a more interesting land mm-hmm. than something like Toy Story Land. You know, I've never found that as a, a compelling idea for a land. You know, I find those characters compelling and there can be attractions, but like stepping into a land with, you know, just like big building blocks and stuff. I don't know. That just, it's not as magical, but something like uh, Meet the Robinsons land or area. Right. Yeah. Like you could do so many things with that. And I feel like it'd be an interesting place to discover and just look at. Yeah. 
And you're right. The continuity is already there because when they fly into that city for the first time, you see Space Mountain. Yep. So it's, it's perfect. I love it. You could do an entire show with the singing frog. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. His name's Frankie. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankie. I forgot <laughs> his name. Yeah. I think you can have like an entire Laugh Factory type show mm-hmm. where you go and you can sit down, you can eat, you know, and then you have Frankie Ooh. just kind of perform for you. Yes. It's like, like a evening at the theater. Almost. That's fantastic. I love that idea. That'd be super you know, and cool. And you, you, we talked, or you mentioned the, uh, the time machine element mm-hmm. and going to the future to see disneyland's 200th or whatever you know you could even like go back and say oh did you just want to check out opening day for a second oh, yeah, yeah that's cool yeah. but what yeah. if we go 200 years in the future like you could really play with like because especially if it's um uh oh what's his son's name uh gosh i'm forgetting his name right now because he's kind of a smart aleck and joker right so like yeah if he was like he's like hey just hop in this time machine my dad won't care and he's like, you know, just touring you around. I think yeah. that would be really, really funny. Do I want to say his son's name is Wilbur? Wilbur. That's it. Yeah. I was like. I think that's right. It's yeah. somewhere in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and you could have Carl, the robot. Yeah. I mean, there. yeah, there's tons of potential there. It's such a fun, like wacky, yeah, awesome, and s- sometimes forgotten movie that I would love to see them pay homage to it. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's I cool is that. All of these things are going to segue into our next episode so well because I get, I'm going to be talking about the Disney sci-fi movies, and mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just this is great. So if yeah. you say Treasure Planet, Hazen, we are in business. <laughs> oh, I'm. I don't think you're going. So to. glad you said that. <laughs> so glad you said that. It's not. I know. I didn't think it would be. <laughs> Uh, I did have some uh, Treasure Planet ideas. Oh, I do too. But believe nothing, me. nothing that made it like to the top of my list. Uh, like I said, there was a few ideas that I think gravitated to the top just because I started thinking about it, not just from the attraction standpoint, but just from a, a streamline standpoint uh, as far as getting people in and off the attraction quickly making sure that we can funnel through a lot of people through the attraction every hour which is one of the things disney really bases their ideas on but also what are some of the properties that i think would just make money that's kind of how i felt about treasure planet that's why like when i thought about it, I was like well we could have this and then we could have the ship and then <gasps> and then we can i was like ah oh, but would people want to see that and then it just kind of put me in this mindset of, all right, I guess I got to start thinking of something else. The idea that I gravitated towards is actually kind of a spinoff idea that I had uh, a long time ago when we kind of had a mini version of this when I talked about rejiggering Tomorrowland. And that was basically tearing down or restructuring the Innoventions building into making it look like the Axiom from Wally. Yes. <laughs> the the original idea that I had was use the people mover again, right? One of the things we've always talked about is that Tomorrowland doesn't have enough kinetic energy anymore. And so if you repurpose the people mover, which can't be used for people anymore because the structure's not sound, just put a bunch of wallies on there or a bunch of different robots just cycling through Tomorrowland because 
there would be some movement that is sorely lacking in the land right now. But then I started thinking. Wait, wait, wait. What's yeah. the what's the little guy's name who's always like buffing out the Mo. Mo. You just have a bunch <laughs> yeah. of little Mo's up there just cleaning all the time. That'd be hilarious. Okay. I, I have an idea for Mo, but that's for okay. outside in the park. All right. So I'll get to Mo. Uh, so the the idea began to spawn because I felt that I've always been lobbying that we need like the Iron Man experience inside of Tomorrowland, right? Because once uh, Galaxy's Edge opens, then Star Tours, I think we all can agree, is just not going to exist there anymore, mm-hmm. right? And so then I thought, well... If that's going, bring the Iron Man experience in. But then I thought, okay, well, they're going to be opening up Marvel Land or the Marvel area, Stark Industries, which means they're going to put that there, which means we still have this attraction. same problem. So I thought, okay, we could do one of two things with it. We can convert it so that the entire thing is escape from the Axiom. And you're basically Wally theming the entire ride, and you you discover that you have a plant growing, and your job is to escape the axiom and end up on Earth. And so I thought, okay, well that's really cool. But I thought, okay, well Star Tours was already an e-ticket attraction to begin with, so that pretty much replaces it. And then I thought, but it's just replacing an attraction. Mm-hmm. You're not really creating something new. Right. And then I thought, what if we combined? the technology of a roller coaster, the void and star tours all into one attraction. What? And so what if you walked into the axiom at interventions and you stood in the queue, you made it onto the attraction and you were essentially on inside of an enclosed bubble type structure mm-hmm. where you're kind of in VR mode and you become Wally. <laughs> you are basically Wally. You're walking into like a little Wally vehicle. The idea behind it is that you're now on a roller coaster with all this VR tech and all these screens in this bubble showing you what's around you. And your job is to escape with this plant intact back to earth and so it becomes this giant coaster that at one point will also go through space mountain i would make a hole in space mountain so that you kind of see these like glowing orbs just kind of flying by you depending (laughs) on what the current overlay is like you could maybe change the color of its ghost galaxy if hyperspace mountain somehow came back you can make them white to make them look like tie fighters maybe there's something projected on them i don't know but the point is that it goes right through space mountain so that you take advantage of all of the real estate that is brought to you by interventions all of the real estate inside and around space mountain all of the real estate left behind from the other building where star tours is in including the shop and you exit where star tours currently enters Hmm. so you've made it to earth and now you're basically walking into tomorrowland again interesting wow wait is there another attraction that spits you out at such a different place like that like completely down the road no like it feels like it with indiana jones but really they're just right around the corner from each other right like i can't think of any other attraction where you're truly coming out at a totally different place Indiana Jones feels like that because since you're underground, right. you're technically walking right 
outside. Yeah. But the only reason it feels like that is because there's a separation of the trees yeah. between where Jungle Cruise and the entrance queue right. for Indiana Jones. It just Jones feels is. like it, but they're right but, next to each other. Right. Yeah. And that's pretty much the case for all of them because you're trying to enclose it all within the confines of the footprint of the attraction. Huh. But this one would be such a huge experience and would add such a roller coaster element that you literally end up on another side of the park yeah. when you exit. I, it's cool because that that would help play into that idea that you've actually been transported in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. The problem I see is like a bunch of like newbies to the attraction you know like families like oh we're gonna go on this ride wait for us here and they get spit out at some completely other place and then their parties are separated and they're like where is everybody we We would no i think we would actually have to tell people okay if you're gonna wait for anybody the exit is on that side i think they remember the exit is down do not leave your stroller here you are exiting over here for sure and the idea at the end is as you're in this bubble or as you're flying down you know, back to Earth, you see video of Tomorrowland. So the video that you see inside of your bubble of you landing in Tomorrowland would be where you walk out. Yeah. And so that way you always know where you end up. And it's kind of like they've done with like Batu, and you kind of end up at Galaxy's Edge, but you don't really end up there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same concept, but you're literally getting maybe even a live feed. Maybe it's not even a lot like a video. Like you get a live feed of what's happening outside so that when you walk out, you literally just landed on Earth at Tomorrowland wow. in Disneyland. Nice. I, wow. That's really cool. I like that part of the concept a lot. So I didn't mean to throw you off with the the my side talk. But oh. so like you said roller coasters. So is it actually going to have like drops and and yes. roller coasters? Okay. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Because while you're flying through space, you're dodging meteors. Okay. You're dodging different things. You're dodging Elon Musk's Tesla <laughs> with Spaceman flying around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and who knows? Maybe Tesla wants to sponsor this, you know, the way that Honda has sponsored Autopia. Yeah. You know, so if Tesla sponsored... <laughs> to amazing effect. <laughs> right. And so part of the theming would be that as you're entering Tomorrowland, you start seeing the BNL uh, posters. Mm-hmm. So that as you're kind of walking through, you see the batteries. You, you already kind of see some of that at Astro Blasters. So it's not, you know, out of sync with some of the other stuff that we've already seen there. And maybe even splattered throughout the park... We start selling branded BNL batteries. Nice. You know, you know how you can buy batteries at the camera shop and yeah. these other places. Yeah. Maybe you start selling BNL branded batteries so that you know that they came from tomorrow or they came from this major corporation. Yeah. I mean, obviously they're going to be made by like Duracell or Energizer or whoever they make a deal with, right? But start selling BNL branded batteries. Or they could do a ton of BNL merchandise. Yeah. Phone chargers. They could. Like the fuel Everything. rods, the yeah. fuel rods yeah. by BNL. Like if you had fuel rods that that said BNL, like that would be even a collector's item. People wouldn't even want to trade them back. Right, it would just be a collector's item. Yeah, right. So, uh, as far as Mo is concerned, uh, the idea of having Mo uh, on that people mover structure was cool to me until I remembered push. Oh, push. 
push the was the can. trash can at Magic oh, Kingdom yeah. that would just kind of roam around the land. Okay. Right? So the idea with Mo would be that even if it really didn't Roomba all of Tomorrowland, at least the motions of Mo cleaning up would make it look like he's doing that. So he would run around Tomorrowland, and maybe there was three or four of them, and they, it would just stop in front of people. And just kind of simulate that it's like sweeping stuff up and then move on to somewhere else. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I actually, sorry to tangent again, but I actually think they are going to have some of those little wheelie droids in Galaxy's Edge, especially in the Rise of the Rebellion attraction, because they keep showing them in the videos. I think they're going to mm. have some of that technology there. And then also throughout Black Spire Outpost, they're going to have like uh, R2 units like trolling around so they could totally do it and i think mo is one of the most adorable great characters so man that would be so cool let me jump back to my attraction because i got a little sidetracked but uh the one thing that i i feel like i would want to make part of the the roller coaster is i, I wanted to somehow simulate the defined dancing scene yeah because in wally that is one of my favorite scenes it's that beautiful exists. Yeah, the music, the way that they implemented it, the the feelings that they gave these robots, uh, it just it's a beautiful scene and very masterfully crafted. So, because roller coasters work on gravity, I figured what if there was just one portion that didn't you know, it somehow ended up on a magnetic or trackless system that eventually popped you back onto a gravity-driven uh, coaster. And this might actually be the portion that's inside of Space Mountain that I was talking about because there's already a lot of stars projected. It's already kind of this other thing that's happening. But since you're in a bubble or you're enclosed, you won't have all the racket of of space mountain mm -hmm. happening around you you're kind of enclosed to yourself right so the idea would be that you end up almost like on a conveyor belt you know so that it slows you down because that's such a a slow scene that you're you're in this turmoil you have all this other music that's that's showing you that you're trying to make an escape from the axiom and somehow poof you pop out of the axiom and now you're just floating in space. And as you start kind of drifting, you realize I'm kind of just drifting here. And you see like uh, the fire extinguisher. And because you're in VR mode, you literally reach out and then you grab the, the fire extinguisher and you push yourself. And as you're pushing yourself, you hear the defined dancing music. You see Eve. And as you wave goodbye or as you're passing by right before you enter the actual roller coaster portion again, you're rehinged and all of a sudden you drop. And that's when you start making your way down to Earth. Nice. That is so cool. So Okay, so the you keep talking about this bubble that you're in. I'm picturing yes. the little cars on the track that lead into Syndrome's lair in Incredibles like an actual spherical kind of vehicle. Is that what you're envisioning? Uh, I mean, I keep using the term bubble loosely, okay. but it's really more like the idea is to walk into a Wally vehicle. Right. But you're going to be, but because it's going to be saying, fully enclosed. So if you took your VR goggles off, you wouldn't be able to see anything, right? Uh, I would say that there's some theming around you. Because but it's not, if not windows, off, though. You're not looking out, no, right? No, no, you're not looking out. Okay. And because that is one of the main problems that I feel that the Tron coaster currently has. Exactly. That because 
it it takes you out of the element when it takes you outdoors you feel like you lose part of that theming because now you're seeing stuff that's not part of the grid all of a sudden yeah and in order to fully immerse you in this race to take this plant back to earth i feel that really the only way to do that is to enclose you in something the way that star tours does where you don't see anything outside of you you're only seeing what's being projected to you to see Mm -hmm. and so this would be similar to that experience but uh because it's also vr maybe for the people that can't stand vr they can take it off and they can see the same projections on a screen the way that nemo has the side posts Mm -hmm. so that if you can't make it into the subs you can watch it on the side but this the idea is to Put on the VR because the VR will give you a 360 view versus a screen in front of you. So if you turned your head to the limitation of what the seat that you're sitting in, obviously, Mm -hmm. you would see everything around you, everything above you, everything below you as you're moving your head in any direction. And that's the idea behind it. Take that technology that the void has been putting in these experiences and bring it into this type of attraction. So when you leave the Innoventions building, which is now the Axiom or whatever it is. Yeah, it is. And go to Space Mountain. And then when you leave Space Mountain and go to Star Tours, uh, is it like an exposed track? So when you're standing in Tomorrowland, you'll be able to see these Wally vehicles, whatever they are, traveling along this track? No, they're going to be all enclosed inside. Super enclosed. Okay. Got yeah. it. Everything's going to be indoors. And what's the point of having it go into Space Mountain? Because if you can't see... To extend the track. Okay. Just to have more track available Got so it. that it can cut. I mean, it doesn't have to go through Space Mountain. It can literally go around it or above it or behind it. I just figured that if you're going to build a track that's going to eventually lead you to where the Star Tours building mm-hmm. is, you need to get through it. You need to get to that building somehow. Got it. And cutting through... Space Mountain to get you to that destination would be the easiest way to do it. So it's not necessarily because you want to see Space Mountain. I don't. I That's why I said if you're enclosed, you don't hear the racket that mm-hmm. Space Mountain is creating yeah. with their tracks. Yeah. You would literally just use it as a bypass. Okay. I think I can envision this thing. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I can tell that you've – I mean, obviously, when you guys did your – pitches years ago at this point and that was your 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 idea was based around wally i can tell that you've further developed the idea that it's really starting to solidify and i super dig it that would be an a truly epic attraction because it would cover so much ground it would have a lot of adventure to it and you know story and we'd get to explore a place we've never gotten to explore before. That's why I like all three of our ideas because it yeah. uh, they all allow us to walk into a film or the environment or universe of a series of films and explore and experience and you know take part in. You know, and that's what's great right. about Disney theming. You know, like Cars Land, Radiator Springs Racers. I feel like I've gone on a journey every time I ride it because right. it's mm-hmm. it's so incredibly done and you do truly cover a ton of ground, you know, and that's why I'm incredibly excited for Rise of the Rebellion in Galaxy's Edge this year because it's going to be the next level of that kind of immersive, you know, trekking in an attraction and 
this just sounds like it's in that same lineage, man. So yeah. I think they need to make it happen. Yeah. Although we are competing and, for the same space. So if they like my Tron pitch better, you might have to find a new area to work with. But look, honestly, they can't go wrong with any of these ideas. <laughs> if, if any one of these three came to fruition, I would just be ecstatic about it. Right. So I want to throw something out there that um, I recently heard from a friend. And he's a very passionate Disneyland person. But he is of the opinion that Main Street and Fantasyland are so much more quintessential and popular that he would love both of those to expand and basically consume Tomorrowland and there no longer be a Tomorrowland. Well, how would you guys feel if they just scrapped Tomorrowland? I would be sad. I can't see Disneyland without Tomorrowland. I just can't. Because that's one of the one of the main lands, and we've always wanted to see the future. So, yeah, no, I don't. I personally don't see Main Street taking all over for that. I love Part Main the, Street, I do, but yeah. it's perfect the way it is. Well, we never got to have Edison Street, which was going right. to be really cool. I would have loved to have seen how that developed. You know, an expanded presence in that way I think is very interesting mm-hmm. and I would but I mean in that case I would just maybe blow out the esplanade and just <laughs> create it there or something like I don't know I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't necessarily go to Tomorrowland but I, I think part of his argument too was that the Marvel expansion is going to give us it's going to satisfy our futuristic you know itch because it's yeah. going to feel so futuristic. Oh, yeah. So maybe once that opens, our answers would evolve. I don't know. Maybe. I personally think that right now, Tomorrowland is not that great as as a cohesive land. But I think it could be. I still have much hope for it. And I would hope that, you know, when they talked about a lot of their budgetary uh, earmarks, for the next couple of years are going to be for maintenance and plussing and, you know, reinvigorating existing attractions that have gone neglected. And hopefully Tomorrowland is one of those big areas where they're going to focus on. I, I think with a little bit of Imagineering love, it could be awesome again. Oh yeah. Can I play devil's advocate? Do it. And say that I'm actually not opposed to the idea. Of course not. Because (laughs) Tomorrowland is already supposed to be a fantasy view of tomorrow. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And because of how fast technology moves these days, we're not getting that. And we haven't gotten that in a really long time. So if we were to look, Matterhorn is already to some people considered part of Fantasyland. And to others, it's considered Tomorrowland because of. The side that you see it on. It doesn't matter. It's Fantasyland. But Nemo, also part of Tomorrowland, Mm -hmm. but it's more Fantasyland based because it's not an attraction that talks about technology. It's talking fish. Yeah. Well, it's talking animals. This is true in a sense. The, uh, The original idea was the, you know, the technology of submarines and submarine exploration, which isn't futuristic. But 
that's the thing. And I mean, Autopia is the worst example here because when 1955 came right. around, the freeway system was still a thing of the future. Uh, it's no longer the future. It's the right. distant past. So the I, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like there just needs to be a slight turn in the story, in the script, and I guess the definition of Tomorrowland. And my concept always revolves around the ideas of science fiction, you know, which is right. very close to fantasy, but it is usually forward looking and it is about tomorrow from whatever perspective you're starting from. So that's why something like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is still futuristic because from its standpoint, everything in it is futuristic, right? Right. And I that's what I love about science fiction is it is always forward thinking, forward looking, uh, looking towards the future. And I think if they just shifted the story to say this isn't our tomorrow, but this is a look at tomorrow from this story that we want to tell and this story that we want to tell and this story that we want to tell. And they could create, you know, because like Fantasyland, they're not all trying to tell the same story, all those movies. You know, they're from different right. countries. They're from different time periods. They're all over the map. But they created a, a look that kind of binds them all together. And they, you know, they work together, right? Right. I feel like a similar thing could be done in Tomorrowland. It doesn't have to be one crystalline vision of a palpable future that we all agree on. Oh, yes, this is 100 years in our future. Like, that's never going to happen. You know, they, they kind of had a neat idea about that and a lot of it driven by the space race which we discussed two episodes ago you know and that kind of made for a little bit of cohesion but at the same time one of the opening attractions was an exhibit of props from Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea right so right. there's always going to be a problem with trying to make it so pure it's different than like adventureland where you can decide, okay, this is going to be about safaris and expeditions and, you know, jungly stuff, you know? Right. Like, I, I just think that, I think we could find some cohesion there and just not be so obsessed with it has to look like what we imagine is our future and just be right. more about the storytelling of science fiction. Yeah. And I also wouldn't be opposed of shrinking the footprint of Tomorrowland and just making it an area versus an entire land. Because if you kept yeah. every building that we have to the left as you're entering Tomorrowland, all of that could be dedicated to that cohesion that you're talking sure. about. But we could take over the additional land where like Autopia is and the area behind it where we had the other attractions like the boats, Fantasia Gardens. All of that is prime attraction. Yeah. Uh, like land that is being wasted. Yeah, right you now. could and split it up almost and take all of Fantasia Gardens and like a third of Autopia, and then the rest of Autopia and the submarines be Tomorrowland, and you know the, oh, yeah. the other part be Fantasyland, and have two huge expansions of each land. Yep. Yeah, and and also here's the get thing. rid of monorail when it comes to. No, no, no. I don't want to get rid of the monorail because I think the monorail could serve a futuristic purpose because it has a futuristic type look to it. I think you could expand the monorail track to go into the Marvel themed area. And then instead of going all the way to where the Nemo one is, 
uh, have it land in front of like uh, interventions or behind Space Mountain or something like yeah. that. Like just move the track right. because I've never liked the fact that the track goes like right through all these other attractions inside of Fantasyland. Uh, Fantasy yeah, Land. that's what I'm saying. Get right. rid of the monorail in Fantasyland. Like you oh, okay. just I see what keep it Got contained. It. Yeah. yeah. That's all it need. You know, I it just needs to be shifted, yeah. right? So, uh, aside from that, I think that one of the biggest problems I think people would have if Autopia left is the fact that it has a legacy inside of Tomorrowland. You know, it's it's got that Walt touch. It has that Bob Gurr touch that you know people love. But there's a way to keep all of that. Yeah. You know, maybe you can make a deal with a company like Tesla and make electric vehicles that still have the shells that Bob Gurr designed. Or guess what? Bob Gurr is super talented dude. Maybe he'll design new ones if he worked with Tesla. Right. You know, so now we would have new Bob Gurr designs in electric models on the Autopia track, that one is better for the environment and don't make that lawnmower noise all afternoon. <laughs> and those fumes. And the fumes. I think there's a lot of things that they can do, especially push the tracks out, open up some real estate for other stuff, and expand Fantasyland, and then bring something in like uh, Snow White's Mine Train, the Seven Dwarves Mine Train attraction. No, something new. You know? Something new. Well, it could be something new. I'm just saying as an example, they could bring in something of that magnitude because they would have enough space to put something like that in Mm -hmm. there, which is something that Disneyland suffers from. It's the space factor. Even if they decided to expand Main Street, Main Street sorely needs more space and they can't obviously move buildings. The walkway in Main Street versus the walkway at magic kingdom it's double the size of magic kingdom because they knew the mistake that they made at disneyland man we're getting way further into this one that i wanted well it it actually segues (laughs) into something i wanted to mention though because when you say main street needs more room that's really because of nighttime shows right no just walking in general man i mean i guess But one of the things that I think might be neat is if they had smaller nighttime shows around the park. So, like, if they redress Tomorrowland and really invest in it, what if they just had a Tomorrowland show? And then on the other side of the park, you know, they've got Fantasmic and you could pick which one you wanted to go to and kind of split up the crowds, you know, instead of having everything all massed in these bottleneck areas. You know, they could have little nighttime shows in various areas of the park and not have one big show creating a traffic jam. Uh, Yeah, I could see something like that happening, but I feel like if they also had enough clearance from some of the buildings that blocked the view of like the fireworks, for instance, from other lands, you might have a better chance of people staying in the other lands because, you know, already they've made leaps and bounds for people watching the projections on It's a Small World or on the Rivers of America. If you also did that in Tomorrowland, now you have one additional location to watch that same fireworks show. So I I think there's still a place for these large shows, but I do like the idea of having these mini shows and maybe doing like the big fireworks show like once a week or once a month or whatever. And you can see it from anywhere, Mm -hmm. right? But I think it would help. We already, as it stands, they're using the backstage area to funnel people through. So what if you just 
got rid of that and themed it as the backside of the building and a second shop. And now Main Street had this roundabout way where you can walk down two different streets. Mm -hmm. And that other street just turns out to be Edison Street. Right. Yeah. I I think if you're already using it for that, you might as well theme it. See, this is why I like the armchair imagineering (laughs) episodes, because it gets our creative juices flowing. And we basically just end up redesigning the whole park. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun. Anyway, I think we've gone... A little longer than we would have wanted to on that one, especially when we veered off into Main Street. But as you can tell, we get pretty passionate about this. Uh, We love Disneyland. And the reason we have these is not because we're trying to knock what Imagineering has done, but because we love what Imagineering has done. And because we want to step it up and we want the legacy of Disneyland to continue and these are just ideas that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were in charge and I could text Bobby right now and be like, yo, Bobby, what's up, buddy? <laughs> this is our idea for this land. And he's like, hmm, you know what, Hazen? I really like that idea. Who thought of it? And I said, oh, that Tron thing? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, and, and then he'll go back and listen to the episode and be like, I thought you said you did it. I heard Gavin talk about it. It's like, no, that was my Gavin impression. <laughs> that, that was me talking like Gavin. Uh, <laughs> um, Credit stealer. So, there's so much potential. <laughs> there's so much potential in that land alone for change. And yeah. it's like the possibilities are endless. So I love this. I love these kind of episodes because it's like one thing after another and cool yeah. stuff. Well, if you guys have any ideas that you would like to throw out there and join the conversation, make sure that you leave a comment in the blog post for the episode over at podcasters.com slash 241. You can also connect with us on any of the social networks where Podcasters on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, P-O-D-K-E-T-E-E-R-S. Very nice. That's how you spell Very it. Nice. <laughs> That's how you spell it. That's also it. how you sing it. that's also how you sing it exactly so make sure to connect with us follow like subscribe we're on youtube as well just search for podcasters if you find any videos that you happen to like make sure to hit that like button hit that subscribe button and smash that little bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted because guess what if you don't youtube won't tell you when we post a new video because that's just how youtube works now you subscribe to something and YouTube says, well, maybe we'll tell you. Maybe we won't. We'll see. How you feeling today? You feeling lucky, punk? We'll see. And we don't like that. So ring that bell because then you'll know. Hashtag thanks, YouTube. <laughs> and uh, remember that if you make any purchases on Amazon, make sure to use our Amazon link. To everybody that's already taken a moment to do that, thank you guys very much for that added support. Next time you need to buy something, start that journey over on podcasters.com slash Amazon. Hit that big Amazon button. It'll take you over with our special link. We get a small commission as a thank you from Amazon for anything that you purchase because we mentioned them on the podcast. And stuff like that helps keep the podcast alive, helps keep the lights on. It does. Helps keep reviving Hazen's computer. Boop, boop. (laughs) (laughs) Clear, (laughs) clear. So we just want to say thank you to all of you that have helped us out and continue to support the podcast. So that's it. It's time to go. It's time to go buy some food. Time to get ready for this wrestling thing that's happening later. Nice. We'll have and, to get uh, an update next it, week on yeah. uh, how, how it all turned out. 
uh, it, they wrestled. Okay. We got to know who, yeah, we got to know who made it. <laughs> that will actually first, probably cover it. <laughs> who was the last one? Yeah, they wrestled. <laughs> that's the, that's how we, we just kind of close it all right. up. Nice full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Profesh. All right, everybody. <laughs> Did you just say fetch? I said profesh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I thought you said fetch. I was like, Gavin, don't try to make fetch happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. That is going to wrap it up for this week. So always remember to keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. See you next week, everyone. Bye. Farewell, users. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Tron sound? You're done tooting. <laughs> <laughs>